Episode 30, Breaker Culture Weekly, about ready to start. And today, we got a good one for you because we spend the entire hour and a half breaking down the 2018-2019 NBA season, which just started this week. And so I'm excited. This is one of my favorite things to do. Uh, basketball has a very special place in my heart because that's what I played growing up and, and all through uh, high school and college. And I watch a lot of college basketball, watch a lot of pro basketball. And so my opinions are a little bit more educated than some of the other sports. Um, and I spend a lot of time putting things together for you guys on BreakerCulture.com. Prison pricing ladders, quick analysis on players. My Twitter feed has a lot of in- info and updates on rookies. So today... Uh, I think you'll get a lot of value, and if, if you're not an NBA fan, I probably want to skip it. But if you want to get some education on the NBA, or if you're an NBA fan, we're going to dive into a lot of the uh, background info, if you will, on different pro- players and what might affect their prices. I'm a big fan of this year's class. 2018-2019, I think, will go down as one of the better, if not the best classes in this decade. Uh, I really believe that. I think uh, it's going to be sneaky good. I think maybe some of the success of last year's four or five top picks is jading us in our opinion and some other folks' opinions into into maybe the value, the actual value of this class. So as we go through these numbers, we go through these players, uh, I hope that you leave with uh, some good vibes, some good feeling about this season and, and leave with a, you know, a list of names that you can watch out for and ways to approach investing in Panini Prism Basketball. That's the intent. Uh, or any basketball cards for that matter. Um, the point is to give you ideas into what's going to happen with pricings. And, and, and the silver prices are the de facto standard of NBA cards. That's the rookie card you want. That's the one that carries the most value. And uh, it's fun to chase. So first half is kind of our valuations of the season as a whole coming up. What do we think about uh, the teams? How do we think about um, the East and the West and some uh, top four teams in each division and our remarks and storylines that we're excited about? We also spent some time breaking down last year's rookie class, and we look at the prism ladder, the, the one that just came out a couple days ago, and we talk about what players, if we were right now throwing money into players for investing in the season, which one would we, uh, would we be uh, investing in? Which ones? There's a few on there I think you're going to really want to pay attention to. And uh, spoiler alert, we're we're recommending not to invest in Markel Fultz. Uh, I repeat, do not invest in Markel Fultz at $75 of silver right now. Uh, Let that play itself out a little bit. I think you're going to get in a lot cheaper on that number one draft pick from last year. But anyway, listen and you'll get more of that information. The second half of this podcast today is all about the upcoming class, 2018-19 rookies and Uh, why we think it's such a great class. So enjoy the show. 2018-19 Breaker Culture NBA Tip-Off Special. Let's do this. Shani, what's going on, man? How you doing? Ty, what's going on, man? I am excited because the NBA is in full swing. Great couple of games last night, or I should say... The one game that I watched, loved seeing my Celtics crush the Sixers. Uh, yeah, that was surprising. <laughs> we we could talk surprising about surprising that, that they won, or surprising that they won as handily. As they well, did. yeah, I, you take it with a grain of salt. Game one of the season, right? So there's a lot of adjustments being made. I think Philly's going to take a while to figure out who they are. Bulls is back and all that stuff, and they're young, like you were telling me earlier. I, 
I don't know. Celtics are just good. They're just going to dominate the East. And most importantly, they're healthy. Yeah. I mean, Gordon Hayward played last night. No, nah, no, nah, that was fun to see. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Hard not to like them for sure. Well, that is the point of our episode today. This is it our is. NBA tip-off special. We're going to be covering a whole lot of things around the NBA. So if you don't like the NBA, you can just go ahead and skip this episode. <laughs> Come back next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm ready to do this. I just have to say quickly, one of the things that may be most excited about, I just literally realized looking at the box score right now, the Celtics had signed, and I knew they had signed him, but I didn't realize he made the final squad. Number nine out of the University of Pittsburgh, Brad Wanamaker. <laughs> A name that maybe three people in the country are aware of outside of Pitt grads. But Brad Wanamaker was one of the guys on the University of Pittsburgh basketball team several years back who was just one of those gamer kind of guys. Everyone loved him. Mm -hmm. Great teammate. General on the floor kind of guy. I'm not surprised to see him finally break into the NBA. He's been in Europe for a few years. But uh, that that really uh, – now I've got a Pittsburgh connection. How Amazing. That makes me so happy. Ah, <laughs> as if you needed another reason to like the Celtics more. So I thought you go. were going to say as if there was a reason I needed to like Pittsburgh more. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's dive into this. So I think uh, let's let's break down a little bit of what our expectations are for the season. Um, we, we could obviously spend a lot of time doing this, but maybe the, the best way to do this is to break it into conferences. I think we're going to do a couple things today. One, let's talk about the teams and how you think things break out, how I think things break out. Then let's break down what it means in the hobby. And the way we're going to do that is by referencing Prism Silver Prices, both for last year and our predictions for this year's rookie class. Yep. I'm excited about doing that. So what do you think, man? Let, let's start with, uh, let's start with the East and let's just, sure. uh, maybe let's break down and talk about the top three, four teams that you see coming out of the East and anything that stands out to you, any storylines that are intriguing to you heading into the season. Well, I'll let you jump off on the West. So I'll go ahead and take the East first. And yeah, so the way I see the, the East playing out in terms of top four, I see, I'll just lump them together without any, no particular order. The Celtics, the Raptors, the Sixers, and the fourth, but I would say it's a distant fourth, is the Wizards. Mm, okay. Um, I know some people may not think of them as such a distant fourth. And, you know, a team with John Wall and Bradley Beal could put it together. I'm not going to say they can't, but I I do see them as a distant fourth. Um, that's my top four. I think the, compel the most compelling storyline is with what the Celtics were able to accomplish as – such a young and banged up team in the playoffs last year, what can we expect out of them as a healthy team this year? And you said it, it's only one game beating the Sixers, one of the next top three teams by what was it close to 30, maybe even more than 30. Yeah. Um, is a big deal, but not really a big deal either. And all I can say is I, I what I'll take from it is that this is what I expect. I don't expect them to win 65 games. Well, no, I guess I do. What am I talking about? Um, 
I wonder, we, we've got, one of the things we could have done, and maybe we'll, I'll do it on the sidelines while we're talking, but looking at number of games, um, I do see this as a team that will lose single digit games total. Um, they're going to have an amazing season, in my opinion. That's the biggest storyline out of the East. Yeah, that, that would be an historic season. Yeah. I just want, I want to, let's set the expectations clearly here. You think the Boston Celtics, who yeah. you're a homer of, are going to have an historic season? I do. Okay. I absolutely do. Um, Over, under on them winning 65 games, you would take it hands down, it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, look, 65, it's an 82-game season. Mm-hmm. 65 min w- wins means they they only lose 12 games, 17 games. 17 games. So, yeah, over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Interesting. <laughs> Go bold. Go bold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. Any, any of the thoughts on the, on the East? And, I mean, I have some disagreements in there. I think there's some – yeah. Well, let's. I think, uh, I think the Raptors yeah. deserve to be in the top three. And Kawhi so far looks like he is committed. But what we saw out of Kawhi last year was really what we think is out of character for Kawhi. It's also not only are we sure is he going to keep his you know, head together for a full season, but is he going to gel with this team? It's yep. it's the first time he's playing with this cast of characters. That's not something that should be understated. So as a storyline, yeah, the Raptors on paper should be a top four squad in the East, but that could go haywire. Mm-hmm. And we don't really have a good solid idea. Um, from preseason and you know some of the things we've seen, yeah, there's reason to believe that that will be the case. But would it be shocking if it wasn't? I don't think so. Yeah, no, so, I don't think so at all. Absolutely, I think that to me is one of it. Maybe the most intriguing storyline in all of the NBA is how does Kawhi adapt because he's a top three player when he's healthy, right? Yeah, um, and he's also been a guy that has made it clear that he does not like the cold weather. Now, he also before any of this drama of the last season, no one would have ever thought of him as being a diva, and I I still kind of give him a certain amount of benefit of the doubt that he's really not that guy. Right. Um, and that what we saw last year was an anomaly. And wh- the truth is, we don't really even know what we saw last year. Because we, we didn't see anything. He yeah, no, he play. played nine games. He played nine games and it was irrelevant. So, yeah. Right. What, right. We're, what we're talking about is what happened behind the scenes, what, right. what really happened in terms of his relationship with the team and Pop um, – and there's speculation that, that he was acting crazy, but right. we, we don't really know if that's the case. Sure. Um, I think another storyline is potentially whether or not the Wizards really fall apart. We've heard a lot of side kind of sidebar conversations about mm-hmm. some uh, animosity in the locker room over there. Who's the leader? Um, who wants to be the leader? Who's willing to give up the reins? All that kind of ego stuff, if you will. Mm-hmm. So does that potentially have a, an effect on their season? Do we see some trades out of Washington, which I know some people have speculated? Um, and that's in large part why I – at least one of the reasons why I say they're a distant fourth in my top four in the East. Okay. Um, and then finally, I think maybe the second biggest storyline to me and probably the first storyline to a lot of folks is – 
what does Philly do to write this second chapter of this trust the process team? Yep. And that that is exciting. I have to admit, aside from the fact that the Celtics aren't part of that storyline, that's a, a truly, truly an exciting storyline. And maybe the storyline that has the most effect on the hobby, if you will, because it involves three high value hobby guys in Simmons, Embiid, and Fultz. Totally. Yep. All right. So so here's my response to your predictions in the East, and you can do the same to mine in the West. Uh, First off, I want to put things in perspective again. You are predicting that the Celtics will have the all-time best record, at least a tie for it, with the Warriors. Because only one team has lost single digits in the entire history of the NBA. Well, I said they would lose less than 15 games. You, I said, would... you said single yeah, digits. Yeah, that was a passing comment. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So let's, yeah. let's, let's temper expectations here a little bit. They won 53 games last year. With, I think, uh, they, I think yeah, they maybe get to 60. Half the season not having a full squad. More than no. half the season. Yeah, still. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget, the East has gotten a lot worse. Even though Kawhi is now in the East, LeBron is out. That's the only thing that's gotten worse is LeBron is out. That's a big deal. Yeah, okay. I mean, uh, he's the best player in the league, right? You swap him out for the third best player. I don't think it's that much of a difference. If uh, we agree that he's the third best player coming off a season where he only played nine games. Sure. I mean, so here's the deal. He, I think you got you got Kawhi there. You got the Greek freak who's obviously coming into his own. I think he's going to be potentially the MVP of the East. Probably the front runner for the MVP of the East behind Tatum. Or I would agree. Ahead of Tatum. Tatum. But Top three. I, I definitely am excited about Milwaukee. I'm I'm kind of a fan of Chicago. I know a lot of people aren't. I think Chicago can do something, especially when Mark Cannon comes back, if he comes back. That's uh, a big, yeah. yeah. Sure. But, I mean, you look at that, and like, teams like the Pacers and the Hawks are intriguing to me. Uh, Orlando, I'm a big fan of Aaron Gordon. So, I, I don't know. I'm not saying anyone's going to contend with Boston, but I think there's a – behind the Celtics, Sixers, and Raptors, I think there's some – pretty interesting like four through six teams who could be really fun to watch and yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't disagree with that i do think that there are some other great team great storylines where there's potential for teams to make a lot of home fan bases and hobbyists really happy you just mentioned i think milwaukee's the biggest of them i think charlotte um has the potential i think orlando is going to be pretty bad actually um but I think the biggest out of those that you mentioned and that I considered for fourth, and I, I really still consider it's like 4A and 4B, and I may put them truly into the fourth spot, is the Indiana. I mean, especially based on what they did in the, in the playoffs last year. Yep. Oladipo's for real. I really didn't think that was possible, but he is for real. And they've got, you know, some sleeper names on that squad that are going to contribute in a really meaningful way. I think – Second-year player T.J. Leaf, who we might talk about in this conversation, is a, a a big factor this year. I wouldn't say big, but yeah, okay. Uh, well, I mean, for them, not necessarily league-wide, but for the Pacers, I think he's going to play a big role. Okay. I mean, a guy that averaged two points a game and played eight minutes last year will be interesting. But yeah, I know you I know you like T.J. Leaf, so we'll, we'll let you... Uh... Well, it's year two. I mean, there's progress, right? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the way he played in the summer league and some of the conversation out of Indiana is that they want him to take a bigger role. Be cool. I'm not basing this on hope and dream. I'm basing this on interviews that I've read. Okay. 
Sounds good. All right, so Indiana. All right, so let's talk about the West real quick. Uh, I, I know you're going to have plenty of responses to this. I mean, I don't even think we need to argue about the number one seed in the West. I think Golden State, if they don't get the number one seed, something's gone horribly wrong. There's probably a massive injury. Uh, yeah. My number two team coming out of the West is the Utah Jazz. I think the Utah Jazz are legitimately a contender. I think Donovan Mitchell matures. I think the way they played last year was just exciting. I think uh, I think they're going to figure things out. And Quinn Snyder is a great coach, uh, former Mizzou guy. Uh, third third seed out of the West, I will take uh, I'll take OKC. And by the way, they looked pretty good last night. Uh, hanging with Golden I didn't State. I didn't see that game. Yeah, so, so that that's my my three seed. The four seeds kind of like the East. I, I mean, there's just so many solid teams. Um, I think I will take. I think I'll probably roll the Lakers out of the West as a four seed. I think they'll. There's just no way LeBron doesn't at least get them a four seed. Um, but so when you say at least get them a four seed, you also that kind of sounds to me like you're leaving the door open for a higher seed for the Lakers. Yeah, I just don't trust Westbrook and OKC. I, I think a lot depends on how are they going to integrate some of their new guys and how how does. And how does Paul George play? Like, is is he going to play like his 2016 self, or is he going to play like last year where he was? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a big eh right there because he definitely did not play to his level. It almost seemed. I, I heard some analysis, um, basically speaking of Paul George as post injury, liking the factor. Liking the Westbrook factor, liking being able to take a backseat role, not having all the pressure. Now, he did take it upon himself for a couple games in the playoffs, and he looked like the man again. But that's kind of like when I feel like it, when I feel like I've got it on a given night, I can take it, but I don't really want it right, right in, night out. Right. Um, that's that's a big deal, and I I would agree. I think OKC is the one team of the four that you just mentioned that I'd knock down potentially even out of the top four, bump Lakers up, and yeah, you said it. It's so deep. Um, outside of the top two, and then arguing about the next three or four, uh, you can name a. Oh, another four or five teams. I think Portland is one. Um, I, I I have a tough time not looking at teams that are really down on the radar and getting excited about a team like the Mavericks with Doncic or the Nuggets with MPJ if he play, if he's healthy, but obviously the biggest is the Rockets. I mean, I'm a little surprised you didn't have the Rockets up there or even in the conversation. I, I just think they take a massive step back. I think, the NBA, the West is just adjusting to them. I, I see it happening this year. I just, uh, yeah, I just don't think Chris Paul even stays with healthy. Carmelo, even with Carmelo, Carmelo's irrelevant to me. I know. Yeah, it's, that's that's. My I guess. agree. I just I'm saying that kind of in jest, but right. <laughs> it, it it the truth is for Carmelo to be the third fiddle and really just hang out around the arc could could actually be huge. Yeah. Um. Both for him and for the team. Sure. Um, but what you said a moment ago, I, I think, is probably in the minds of most people that, that know a little bit about basketball, and that is Chris Paul has had an injury-riddled career, and um, and he's coming off of one. Yep. 
obviously. Uh, a lot of people argue that if he was healthy for that last game, we might have seen a different finals. Sure. But uh, that's it's just a big question mark. Yeah. I have a difficult time not believing they still get to at least, I don't know, let's say high 40s in wins and flirting with a top five seed. So maybe they're out of the four. Um, but if OKC's, you know, kind of wets the bed like we think they can, it, the Rockets are likely a team that benefits from that. Yeah. Very true. Uh, yeah. Well, there's, I mean, the other teams hanging in the balance are teams like the Spurs, who, I mean, uh, I feel so bad for the guys. Three of the yeah. guards are done. It's going to be, it's, this could be the year the Spurs revert back to pre 2000 era and not even make the playoffs. It's hard to imagine, but I agree. And there's already so injured. And I, I, I think Pop is starting to finally think about retirement. He just lost his wife. Um, obviously, our condolences. I mean, that's horrible. Uh, I just can't imagine that that is a franchise that isn't looking at transition and significant transition. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually leave them out of the conversation. Um not, I'm not predicting they don't make the playoffs because I don't have to, but I'm definitely not looking at them as a top five seed. Yeah, you know they're seven eight at best. But I do think the Lakers. I, I, it's hard to say surprise people because do you really say that a LeBron led team is going to be a surprise if they, you know, make a not make the playoffs but attain a higher seed? But I, I'm looking at three seed, possibly even two. Um, it's LeBron. Yeah. Look at what he's done. He's taken wor- He's taken far worse teams to the finals. For sure. No, I, I think this is the most exciting LeBron James-led team that I can remember. Outside of maybe, <clears throat> maybe the Heat with Bosh and Wade. I, I can't yeah. have a team that I enjoyed more or that I'm looking forward to enjoy more <clears throat> than the Lakers with, with LeBron. So and couple, by the way, the hobby implications are possibly bigger than they've ever been, even bigger than the Heat teams with yeah. not just LeBron, obviously, but right. Lonzo, Hart, Kuzma. Um, their rookies coming in like a Mo Wagner out of Michigan. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's definitely – Potential far-reaching consequences. Ingram is still only—is he a third or fourth-year guy? Uh, I think he's a fourth-year guy. You know, but still young enough in the hobby that it's going to affect his values. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think there. So so storyline-wise, third-year guy. Was, yep. was there anything that you wanted to say as far as storylines? Yes, I mean, so the things that I'm looking forward to, uh, I, I'm really excited to see how a couple teams adjust to the young guys like i i think i think it's going to be extremely fun to watch phoenix play uh i love i love to see what deandre ayton does he already looks incredible uh you factor in like josh jackson was starting to really play well at the end of last year devin bookers is devin booker and then you you try to figure out ways to plug in like mikhail bridges and some of those other guys that the benders of the world I, I'm, I'm excited about Phoenix. I think it's a fun team to watch, and I'm, I'm really stoked to see him. Same thing with Dallas. You mentioned it earlier. Watching Doncic and 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 Dennis Smith play is going to be so fun. Not to mention, I think a big afterthought on that team 
is Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I mean, no, he, he looked good. He's looked really dude, good. All he did was lead Villanova to a championship right. and win, you know, and, and was, w- did he win the Wooden Award or was he like top three in voting in the end? I'm pretty sure he won the Wooden Award. Yeah. He, he, was, dude, <laughs> he was the best player in college basketball last year, at least according to the voters for the yeah. Wooden Award. I mean, that's a big deal. And no by the way, his dad, he's pedigree. His dad played in the NBA and was a coach in the NBA for a long time. Yeah. We're talking about a guy that's got. Pro basketball in his veins. Yeah, I think a big sleeper. I agree. Um, I definitely agree. But I, I do agree with you as far as Phoenix goes. I actually think if you look at it top to bottom, Phoenix is probably the team with the most hobby upside, just in terms of personnel. You know, from first to second to third year guys. Yeah. You know, it's like six or seven guys that people are still thinking about as far as either. Solid, collectible, questionably collectible, and you know, d- buy low, potentially sell high in a couple years. Right. <clears throat> buy high because they're going to continue to get higher in a Booker or Aiton, um, Josh Jackson. Who was the center they grabbed out of Washington two years ago? Um, Phoenix grabbed. Well, I'm trying to think of who they have at center now. They, I mean, they got Ryan Anderson out of that. I wouldn't guess to consider him a center, but um, he was a Chandler. Yeah, well, Chandler's our center. There's a guy who was a rookie two years ago, before the year before Josh Jackson. Um, It wasn't just Bender. Bender was one of their. They had two first round picks. Ah, sorry, I can't remember. Yeah, he's he's buried there somewhere. I think. yeah, can't. R- Rashawn Holmes is the guy popping up as their center right now, but he's he's been in the NBA since so his fourth year. Um, the the other two storylines that kind of stand out to me, and 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 I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I'm really excited to see what happens if Porter comes back and plays with the Nuggets. The Nuggets really are a fun team, dude. Gary, Gary Harris, Gary Harris, Joker, the Joker. He's he's a stud. Jamal Murray is a stud. You're taking the words out of my mouth. They have a young, exciting squad that could. I, I see them as the disruptor of the West potentially, mm-hmm. especially if MPJ plays well. By the way, are we calling him MPJ or is that yeah, I like sacrilegious? It. No, I like you it. You like it? Yeah. Okay. No, that's what we used to call him anyway. Well, two things I want to say about the West quickly is in agreement with you about the Mavs, but I, I don't think we've said enough about Doncic. I know we're going to talk about rookies a little bit more, but in a conversation about a breakdown of the conference as a whole, his impact is going to be more than what you see out of a typical rookie's impact. I'm saying that now. I'm making another bold statement like I did with Boston. I'm not going to go so far as to say the Mavs are going to you know, shock people and compete for a top-four seed in the playoffs, but he's going to have far-reaching impact in this league. Um, maybe it doesn't really affect their seeding for a playoffs in the first year, but I think it affects their ability to attract free agents and things forward from there. Um, I think he's a generational player. Uh, yeah, I think we both agree on that for sure. I, I don't. I, it'll be really interesting to see if he is the hands down kind of runaway winner of rookie of the year. But just because of other circumstances with other teams, but I think his values in the hobby are going to be something that we haven't seen in a long time. And yeah, it's going to well, be really fun. 
And his foreign fans are already affecting that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In a big, big way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the only other last thing, and it's not really a, a matter of analyzing the West for playoff seedings or anything like that. I just I, I got to throw it out there as a topic that maybe we revisit in the future. But who are the Sacramento Kings and how is it possible that you have this many top picks year after year <laughs> and you're still just an afterthought? You've got guys that I really was excited to follow from college to the pros like a buddy healed that uh, it's just so disappointing. It's almost like a crime, as the yeah. as the uh, sirens ring in the background. Uh, I I like the Kings a lot. I just I can't bet on them. I can't get excited about them until I see some sort of results in the court. Because you look at their, I mean, listen to these five right here. You got Marvin Bagley, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hield, Harry Giles. You got wow. Justin Jackson, and then you got guys on the bench. Scal Bogdanovich. Boussier. Yeah. I Scal. mean, it's, it's crazy. So much top-end talent. Question, do they have five? Can they field a, a, a starting five of all Kentucky players? <laughs> yeah, there's one, two. Three. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, they're close. Almost. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that'll be a fun storyline to watch too. But yeah, I, I mean, we're going to talk about this here in a minute with prison values. But De'Aaron Fox is one of my guys that I've just been promoting and promoting, and you're starting to see a lot of momentum with his prices. So, I just grabbed an impeccable auto of his last night. I couldn't believe what I got it for. I yeah. think it's. I felt like a thief. But he plays for Sacramento, and so the prospect is when you're buying these guys that on that that are playing for a, a franchise like that. You're just hoping that they get traded at some point. Yep. Or just sign a free agency contract after their, you know, three year rookie contract elsewhere. Yeah. Because it's just you can't see a light at the end of the tunnel with that franchise. No doubt. I don't I don't yeah, get it. I don't get it either. Which is a great segue into rookie present prices. We need to break this down. I th- I think we step back. Let's look at 2017, 18. Um for those who don't know, we put out a, a monthly. It was it's biweekly through the season, but it's monthly, kind of during off season and preseason of prism prices, silver prism prices, ungraded. We give you a running kind of chart history, so you can understand what's going on with prices, and you can figure out where's the best spot to invest my money, what players are attracting the most volume, and and which ones are being impacted by performances. Intriguing stuff when you look at it as a whole. And you and I break this down all the time because we're fascinated by it. And we spend our money investing in these players. But let, let me run through the top 10 here real quick. And you tell me if anybody stands out. This is this is top 10 from last year's prism as of today. Tatum, $307. Ungraded. <laughs> <laughs> Silver price. Donovan wow. Mitchell, 211, number two. Lonzo Ball, and there's a massive drop off between Mitchell and the next one, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, $75. Markel Fultz is number four, $73. Uh, I take that back. Mark, Markel Fultz is number, number uh, five at uh, 73. Kyle Kuzma is actually number three at 82. That to me is a big, big time jump. I wasn't expecting that. Um, 
Dennis Smith is number six at 59. Mark Kanan, 54. Josh Jackson, 51. Giles, 42. De'Aaron Fox at 31. Anybody stand out there? You surprised it's in the top 10? That's in the top 10, or I'm surprised they're not higher. I mean, I'm the, the biggest surprise is that De'Aaron Fox is still that low, but is it that big of a surprise considering the conversation we just had about Sacramento? I didn't realize Harry Giles was as high as he was. But yeah. uh, I think he deserves it, even though he hasn't necessarily performed that well just yet. Exactly. Um, all hype. That's the hype train behind he's, him. It is, it's all hype. It's, it's, and it goes all the way back to high school. I mean, the guy – I heard an interview – uh, between Bill Simmons and Jason Tatum. And Tatum said that the best player in high school, hands down, Giles, was yeah. Giles. Yeah, I heard that. Um, that surprised me. I knew he was good, but I didn't realize that he was that good. Yeah. So Tatum was basically saying that he fully expects to see him uh, get to you know a significant level of play as a pro. And... That he, that apparently they're still best friends and work out together. Hmm. Well, he, he's an interesting one because he he opened when when product released last year. He, his silver prices were twenty six dollars, uh, and they dipped obviously as the injury was a concern throughout the year. He dipped all the way down to fourteen dollars in January, and now you're seeing him at forty two. So as an investor, sometime in December January, if you're collecting snagging those cards, you're tripling your money on Harry Giles. And if he plays anywhere remotely near his talent, that's $75, $80 quickly. Or again, I don't think it can be understated if a guy ends up somewhere else. Yep. And that could obviously be applied to anybody. It's just like saying, barring injury, right? I get it. I don't want to be a broken record about that. But I think when you're talking about a Kings player, it's a significant consideration. No, 100%. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned um, you mentioned Darren Fox. I mean, Darren Fox opened that first week at one seventeen of silver, and then within yeah. two weeks was down to sixty. So to yep. see him at forty, it seems reasonable, but the Sacramento effect is a it's big. It, it's big. It's really big. It's huge. How that affects think, Marvin Bagley will be really interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be very similar. He's going to come out of the gate hot. Because he is a top three pick, and then it's going to go down from there. Um, I guess depending on his play, but it, it almost doesn't matter because the Kings aren't going to win. <laughs> I look a little further down this list, and I see a couple of names that I think are worthy mentioning. Maybe I'm I'm going a little bit a step further in the conversation What's than it? you want. But I'm, where I'm going now is guys that are cheap enough to justify investment. Um, but before I get there, I want to make one comment. I'm surprised that Collins isn't higher, and I'm surprised that Monk is still as high as he is. Mm-hmm. And I'll add Natilakina to that. Monk and Natilakina, look, they both still have the potential to be decent players, although people are seeming to lose a lot of confidence in Frank. Um, I like you're just you're avoiding his last name. You just don't. Yeah, even try I don't it. even. What is it? How do you say it? Entilakina. Entilakina. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say it like that. If you listen to Simmons, he says it different every time. <laughs> yeah. I think I think when he was at the draft, Bill Simmons was calling him nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. When, when you got the cloud of Simmons, you can call somebody whoever, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. So, okay. So give me the three I, I guys think, that you're you're I'm, looking for. I'm so, well, so I, I'm, I'm first start by saying I think Monk and Nicotine are still up there on hype, <laughs> um, but not that they can't stay or go higher on play. I think they have the talent and the opportunity. Um, I think Collins should be potentially higher. I think Hart is on the cusp, but is still a good investment. And even though the Lakers are a good team, I think it's a crowded situation. I potentially am looking for Hart to end up somewhere else and get a lot more minutes because he has the talent. He won the MVP of the Summer League. I was there in Vegas and saw him play live, and I was blown away. I couldn't believe he was as good as he was. And it reminded me of him in college, which I completely forgot. Yep. So Hart's, Hart's a guy I'm looking at either to – I don't know who, what could happen in L.A. to get him more minutes. But if that happens, that's a big deal. Or, like I said, end up with a different team. Now, guys further down the list that I think are potential really good buys, um, Frank Jackson, Duke guy with Rondo gone in New Orleans. Uh, $9.40, $9.40. Yeah, <laughs> anyone below 10 that, I mean, what's the big deal? What are you losing? You know? Um, Terrence Ferguson, I get it. The, it, it. It's kind of been a roller coaster with him. But we did have a conversation about OKC a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. which, you know, it seems to me like they're going to need a, a guy or two or even three to really step up, um, especially if Westbrook's hurt. And, you know, can't be the the not just dominant, but, you know, downright ball hog that he is, you know, and I'm not trying to say something so, so disparaging. I, I, I kind of like Russell Westbrook. I just don't think he really plays team basketball. Um, so it could be more of a team basketball situation for guys like Terrence Ferguson if Westbrook has to kind of slow his game down. Um, and I said it before, TJ Leaf. I, He's been ridiculously inexpensive. Four dollars and sixty cents. Oh, and that's just the silver. I mean, you you can go crazy if you want to on a guy like Leaf. I'm not suggesting you go crazy like I have, because I have a few other reasons why I like the kid. But uh, and I have a, I, I have way too many guilty pleasures that will never amount to much return for me in the end. But you know, I I have a guy or two every year that I just collect because I want to and may not ever turn into anything of value. Um, so that's kind of my TJ Leaf story, but I do think it could turn into value. I've mentioned earlier that I've read some articles coming out of Indiana where he is being looked at as a guy that they need to step up and is going to apparently get a lot more minutes. Um, you know, and if the Pacers stay on a level of progression that they showed – Starting last year, I mean, we're, we're talking about a team that's going to be a top four seed. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, uh, I like. I, 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 I haven't looked at the bottom, you know, say third of the list to be honest with you, because I kind of just maybe inappropriately make an assumption that that's just uh, a group of guys that aren't necessarily worth spending too much time on, but there's probably a diamond in the rough in there. Sure. Let me give you a few names. So, so here, here's the top five guys that I would be investing in outside of the guys really in the top six or seven, who I think we could all make a case for investing in. Um, sure. 
going down the list, I'll just kind of go in that order. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, who is, yeah. we already said, We've opened at 117, it's 41 now. He's just, I watched him way too much. I just see way too much talent in the guy. I, I, think, I think he is one of the top three guards out of that class. Um, so super excited about him. I'm a big fan of John Collins. I think yeah. he will be a dominant power forward center in the NBA for a long time. Whether that's with Atlanta or not, we I guess we'll find out. But he already looks like a stud. He'll, he's a, he's got a slight injury. He'll be out for the first week or two. But uh, be he opened at fifty two. He's at twenty four fifty now. But I mean, he was a roller coaster all season, basically from the mid twenties to the mid teens, and he's all over the place. But the fact that he opened at fifty two tells me that people were somewhat excited about him. Uh, Derek White is a guy that I'd be watching. Yeah, mainly mainly because there's not. I mean, outside of Lonnie Walker and 60, opportunity, yeah, sixty-five-year-old Patty Mills. I mean, th- there's nobody there in front of Derek White when he comes back from his uh, his injury. So I'm excited to see him. He he opened at fifteen. He dropped down to the four or five dollar range in November through January, and then is now about seventeen bucks. Uh, other guy that I'm looking at, uh, I, you mentioned him, Terrence Ferguson. I think that's a this is a high upside. I mean, the guy opened the yeah. eight bucks. You can get him for less than six dollars right now for a guy who just turned twenty, who was an Australian freak. I, I, I'll take that. Give me that bet any day. And then the guy that I think is the most intriguing near the bottom of the list is Jordan Bell with the Warriors. Hmm. Opened at seventy dollars. <laughs> seventy. He was in the top ten on release day. Tapered off. Mid thirties, dropped down to the twenties. He was hurt. Came back in the playoffs, and we started to see a slight rise. Mid mid teens, he's now he's less than ten bucks per silver. Hmm. Where where he fits in the Warriors, I just don't know yet. But uh, he's intrigued. That's the problem. I've, Seventy dollars he opened at, which is entirely based on deeper Silicon Valley pockets just competing for a guy that were, sure. was on the squad that they liked. I mean, uh, that that to me just reeks of people that just want a Golden State card, rookie no matter yeah. if he's going to play or not. you got to look to d- December to get the real values of these guys with the hobby things of them. And he was 30 bucks by, by December 3rd. So, And I think that's still a little bit high. Oh, totally. And that, not, not based on talent. I think the guy has talent. I just don't see where he's going to get the minutes to really make a big impact. Yeah, and his impact is not going to be scoring points. His impact is going to be just on the defensive side, and athleticism, just changing the game a little bit. Right, which um, isn't sexy. Now, he yeah. is sexy. He, he is the kind of guy that pulls off a player to a game that's like an X factor kind of play. Like, man, if he didn't do that, we might've been looking at a different outcome. Mm-hmm. So I think he has sneaky impact. I kind of think of him a little bit like I do a Marcus smart. Yep, exactly. You know what I mean? The kind of guy that hometown guys love, mm-hmm. but isn't ever really huge in, in the real stat sense of the word, which you just said. Right. Um, guys like that could end up having good, sneaky value even long term mm-hmm. but with a significant ceiling right right agreed yeah so definitely keep an eye on jordan bell um the last comment i'll make about last year's class and, and you and i've had some kind of off-air conversations about markel fultz i, I 
I mean, the warning signs are just glaring with Markel Fultz. Obviously, a pretty substantial injury to his shoulder. Opened at 170, was number five on the list on opening day, and obviously number one draft pick. This is the way it's going to be. Steady decline, or all the way down to 73 in July, he was below 60. He, Which I can't, I can't believe it didn't dip further. I know, fifty nine twenty was his low. Uh, he just reeks of D'Angelo Russell to me. A guy who maybe Philly just cuts ties with sooner than later. I just, I, I mean, his talent I mean, is there. Five points last night doesn't do him any favors. Yeah, I think he's going to be expected to score. Yeah, because Simmons is not a. I mean, Simmons look really good, by the way. Simmons look really good. Uh, but Simmons is not known for getting shots. He's known for getting to the rim. Uh, well, and potentially one of the easiest things for an NBA player to work on, develop, and get proficient at is a shot. Right. I trust that Ben Simmons is going to develop a jumper. However, what's going on with Fultz is between the ears, and that's potentially the worst place for a guy to be injured. Mm. And I don't – I'm not going to profess to know what's going on. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm afraid for the guy and, uh, and, and his hobby future. Mm-hmm. And, I'd stay uh, far away I, at I, that I, price. Yeah, it's too high. 75 bucks, no way. Wait too Even if he ends up proving me or the pundits completely wrong – how high can it go from 75? Yeah, well, I mean, especially when you you can get a guy like Lon- Lonzo's 75, Kuzma's 80. Uh, those two guys right now, I would easily take up for Markel Fultz in terms of investment value. Or you go grab Total. a Deer and Fox or Giles for 40. Like, there's just no way you're spending money. 75 bucks on Markel Fultz. By the way, aside from the fact that he scored five points last night, it, he, he'd still played 24 minutes. What's that? He had the worst plus minus. Is that what you're going to say? Actually, no. I was going to say that he only had two assists. Oh. Now, I know Ben Simmons is the one with the ball in his hands mostly, but Fultz was a, a, a point guard in Washington mm-hmm. before he got drafted. I mean, dude, that's not that's good. Bad. Not good. That's bad. One game, but yeah, plus minus was negative 16. Worst player statistically on the court for Philly. Yes, and by the way, a guy we've never talked about. And for obvious reasons, but who's nipping at the heels of a guy like Fultz, who is loved by the coaching staff, loved by his teammates, and adored by the city. And we're talking about Philly, by the way, who nobody, Philly doesn't like anybody. TJ McConnell mm-hmm. is legit. And he could easily step in for Fultz. Now, TJ McConnell is really a true point guard. And with Ben Simmons really handling the ball – it's kind of weird to have two point guards on the team, but they wouldn't be the first to do it. Right. And McConnell's definitely a, a, a in the vein of a Marcus Smart or Jordan Bell, that X-factor kind of guy that you say, man, that one or two plays he pulled off in that game would have, without them, would have potentially changed the outcome. Yeah. Um, by the way, <laughs> I'm going to sound like such an idiot. You're going to hate me, but TJ McConnell's from Pittsburgh. <laughs> No wonder you knew how to pronounce his name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought you were going to bring up. I thought you were going to bring up. I had a real tough time with the T. 
I had a real tough time with the T and then the J. You know what? <laughs> By the way, the Wichita State guy. First of all, let me say this: I didn't expect that he was going to get that kind of those kind of minutes. I did not he, either. He played 13 minutes. We're to, obviously for those of you who may not be aware, we're talking about Landry. Is it Shamet? Shamet. Yeah, Landry Shamet. Shamet. Mm-hmm. Um. I, and and he was kind of in my mid range tier two, and I know we're gonna get there. I'm just a little little foreshadowing there for you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he may move up faster than I expected. The fact that he was on the team su- surprised me. To be totally honest, I did not think he would make the. I, I thought he'd be kind of just hanging around D League for a bit. He, he can still end up there. Don't forget. But yeah, 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 totally. But the fact that game one. He got 12 minutes. Yep. And some of that's probably trash time, right? They were already losing by 20-something points to the Celtics. But... Still. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Listen, there are, there are three guys that have less minutes than he does. And two on the bench that only played a minute each. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he got some trash time, but not everyone did. Yeah. You, so. you're, getting, you're getting half as much time as Fultz and, uh, and McConnell. So yeah, yeah, something to be said about that. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break and let's uh, let's shift over to the rookie class from this year. Wake up! No, seriously. If if you're falling asleep listening to us, then you should probably stop and find another podcast. Hopefully that's not the case. But if you're like me or any other normal person, there's a chance you might like coffee. And if you like coffee, you got to try Dubs Coffee. Go to DubsCoffee.com. That's D-U-B-B-S Coffee.com. And go get a bag of the freshest coffee you will ever get to your mailbox. It's unbelievably fresh. The second you get that in your mailbox, you're going to walk out and get your mail, and you're going to be unbelievably impressed with how good it smells because the coffee is so fresh that even when it's inside its bag and then it's wrapped in a priority mail bag or it's stuffed inside of a box like they'll ship sometimes, the, the smell comes through the box of the bag. It's that fresh. And when you bring it in your house and you're making pots of coffee, it is going to blow you away natural, organic beans that are roasted to order. They never, ever, ever ship you shelf coffee. Don't go to the grocery store and grab a random bag of shelf coffee that's been sitting there for two months. Go online, dubscoffee.com. For $12, you can get a bag. Or for $24, you can get two bags shipped priority mail to you for free. You are not going to find a great deal like that for incredibly good coffee like that anywhere else. Dubscoffee.com. Use... Use coupon code BREAKERCULTURE for 50% off your first order. And anytime you want, if you don't have that code, two bags, 24 bucks, free shipping, great deal. Back to the show. All right, so now I think we need to spend some time breaking down this, what we would say, what I would say, as the most diverse, exciting rookie class that we've had in the NBA in years. I'm super excited about this class. Which I don't disagree. I am very excited about this rookie class, but I will say I've heard more than a handful of people basically diminish the potential 
and speak of the the past year's rookie class that we just discussed mm-hmm. as really the bar that's been set, and that this year's rookie class won't even reach the bar. Let alone that your statement would be inaccurate. Yeah, no, I, that's all I hear. I don't. I, I mean, outside of a couple people, I feel like everyone's kind of. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not discouraged, but definitely underselling or undervaluing the potential in this class. I think the biggest thing that they're forgetting is that there were a, a, a really deep number of rookies last year that had a lot of hype that didn't even come close mm-hmm. to achieving what their hype had set them up for. And they're still thinking of guys like Ball and Fultz as part of what makes that rookie class special. Right. And I'm not saying that Ball isn't going to end up being decent, but you can't argue. Ball didn't achieve his potential, mm-hmm. not even close. Yep. Fultz, we already discussed it. I don't need to repeat that. So, yeah, guys like Mitchell exceeded. Tatum, you could argue, despite uh, his potential of starting high and staying high and getting higher, has even exceeded that, which is unbelievable and is probably going to end up being one of the best players in the league and of our generation but and that you know if you're looking for one singular player to make that statement about then yeah you got him in Tatum by the way you potentially have him in Doncic as well in this year but you know it obviously remains to be seen but I think you and I agree our speculation for this class is higher than what most folks are talking about no doubt so so what we'll do is let's break this down in some tiers we'll do tier one uh, we'll value the rookies. They'll roll out with the prism release over 200 bucks a card silver. I think uh, that's a pretty firm tier one category. Yeah, there was only good. there was only four of those in 2000 and last year's prism release. That was Tatum, Mitchell, Lonzo Ball, and Kyle Kuzma. Only four guys that released at over 200 dollars a card. And then we can do tier two, and I think we'll go anywhere between 101 and or 100 dollars and 199. Is that cool with you? Yep. Okay. And then tier three, which I think last year was full of them, anything below 100, and we don't have to cover all those guys, but we can maybe throw a couple out there that we think are legitimate tier three guys. Right. And and with tier three, potentially talk about the guys that may come out really low that have really high upside. Yep. Be good. Okay. So So start with tier tier one. one. Tier one. What? you want to go one for one? I'll I'll just, actually, with this one, it's pretty easy, but we obviously are going to start with eight. Yeah, well, so okay, yeah. Let's 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 name let's name off your five. Or how many do you have? How many do you have in your tier one? I've got four. Okay, I got five. So let's. Uh, what what are your four? Aiton, Doncic, Trey Young, and Colin Sexton. Okay, yeah. So we're we're already a little bit different. So this will be good. Um, I, we hundred percent agree on Doncic, Young, and Aiton. I think Doncic will will come out near three hundred bucks a card. Like I think he'll be by far the highest silver release we've seen. Could be higher. Could be higher. No doubt. Based uh, on his European cards that are selling for two fifty a pop. Yep. That's gonna that it's gonna be so are, fun. Uh, that are ugly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> uh DeAndre Aiden, I agree. Number one draft pick. I think two twenty five is a good number. And I think Trey Young's right on the cusp of a two hundred dollar card. So I'm with you. My other two, you had Sexton. I had I have Marvin Bagley in there. Uh, I think he's a 220-ish player. 
And then I, I have Kevin Knox in there as well as my tier one guy at about 200. And I'm basing that on the fact that he's in New York and his contenders autos have been on fire. I just have to tell you, I have Kevin Knox listed in between tier one and two. Your one B with an arrow pointing up and down. <laughs> Cause I, I agree. And, and yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. So we, between you and I, we have anywhere between four and six guys that we think are a solid tier one. Did you say that you have Sexton in tier two? You don't think he's tier one? I have Sexton in tier two. I, I think Cleveland hurts him. Um, I, I, For some reason, man, he's just, he hasn't got the buzz that he deserves yet. So I don't think he'll open. He's one of those guys that you and I just mentioned that will probably end up being a top five guy. But when it's all said and done. I just think he's a tier two coming out of the game. Okay. Um, okay so, so tier two. Tier two. And these are, again, guys that are in the $100, $100 range, anywhere in the hundreds. And uh, and we can make some comments on them. But maybe go down your list real quick. And how many do you have in your tier two? So I have four with kind of an asterisk next to another three names that are the top of my tier three. My top, my my solid four: Jaron Jackson, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., and Bagley. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so we we disagree on Bagley, and we we have Sexton, Sexton, and Bagley basically flopped. Okay, yeah, a hundred percent agree on Jackson, Carter, and, and Bamba. Like, there's just no way they're not over a hundred bucks. Um, right, so that's a guaranteed three in that list. Uh, the guys that I have as fringe sure. guys. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, and I was going to do the same thing, so I can let, I can just let you go. But I can tell you, who are, who are my top tier three guys with an asterisk, which which means I basically think that they could easily go over a hundred and be in this tier. Yeah, give me those guys, which are very quickly which guys are those? Bridges, SGA, MPJ, those three. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I have those three as my guys that I think will open over a hundred. Uh, plus, I have the other bridges. Um, right. I think Miles will probably open higher, just based on his play. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see what Mikel does and and his opportunity and his opportunity, right? Yeah. Uh, and then of course Michael Porter Jr. So b- between you and I, I mean, right there we're looking at what is that? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We're looking at nine guys in tier two. <laughs> yeah. Four to six in tier one. Eight to ten in tier two. So basically, approaching twenty guys that are going to be above a hundred dollars. There was only seven in last year's class above a hundred dollars. Yeah. Wow. We we obviously could be totally wrong here. So let's just argue for a moment that you you knock two or three names off. We're still trending at a higher number above a hundred dollars than last year. Speaking of the depth of this class. Right. So let's let's knock a couple of those guys off. What are the two guys that you would knock off that list? Uh, MPJ because of his injury, mm-hmm. depending on how if how if he plays and how much he plays. He might be the only one I can comfortably knock off. The two SGA. I, I don't. Yeah, know. I was gonna say. I think SGA. So. Gilgis Alexander, I think. Shy Gilgis Alexander, for those that you may not may not mm-hmm. be aware. And 
Mikel Bridges, I think, is going to take some time. So I I could see him opening south of a hundred bucks pretty safely. I just see him being above a hundred, but you're right. I mean, he's going to have to do something early mm-hmm. to deserve that. Well, and he people, did, people he, are going to have a month of data and and having watched the guy or all these guys for that matter. Yeah, you know, so we'll, they'll have a month under their belt of watching these guys play. That that'll be an interesting one and. You know, being in Phoenix with everybody else that he's with, I don't know. He just, he, is he this a, the year that Phoenix costs as much as the Lakers in PYT? <laughs> yeah, seriously, there's just so much the talent. Truth is they, sh- they 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 probably should be more expensive with the number one pick. Um, but the Lakers always go for so much, regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when they have a good rookie like last year. But they always go for so much, regardless, because Kobe signs so much, and they have so many vets and legends. Right. Um, but man, Phoenix should probably be the most expensive team in PYTs. No doubt. Well, and if if they're winning at all, if they perform somewhat reasonable, th- I goodness gracious. With Mikkel and Aiton there, yeah, and it's going to be really Devin fun. Booker and De- and Josh Jackson. It's just, it's Josh just, Jackson, but for this year's class, I mean, you, get, you could potentially have two of the top ten. Oh, you do have two of the top ten. Guys I do right have now. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it, it's going to be fun. So okay, I mean, yeah, I would potentially move Gildress Alexander back. I'd potentially move Mikkel Bridges back, opening under hundred. But yeah, you lay those two aside. We're still at with, thirteen. With 14. the other Bridges in Charlotte. That may be even any more, even more accurate statement. I read an article recently where Mitch Kupchak, the GM there, the former Lakers GM, mm-hmm. um, kind of said something publicly. I don't want to say against his rookie that he drafted, but it, w- it was kind of disparaging. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of saying, like, chill out on the Bridges mania. He's a rookie. He's not going to start. Which I didn't. Know, I didn't realize he was the coach making those calls. I thought he was the GM. Kupchak's always been kind of a guy that I has frustrated me. Uh, I, agree. I, I He's I agree. weird. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I I, I guess I kind of get it because he was he had he had a couple of really good games, both in summer league and in preseason. So maybe but if you're the GM of a team where your consideration is not just putting the team together but also filling the seats, mm-hmm. why would you be saying anything like that? Let your fan base get excited about a guy and. Pay for tickets. Yep. You know, what do you, what's the point? Yep. Uh, he's, not, he's not taking your minutes. <laughs> your right. GM. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, anyway, so tier three, right? Tier, well, so let's, let's just, let's, let's pick a couple guys out of tier three that stand out to you. Cause I mean, I think my list is, I got a group of about 10 guys that I think fall into tier three. And so tier three in my book was anything between 50 and 100. Um. So, yeah, give me give me a, a maybe the top so, guy that stands out in tier three for you. I'm obviously going to go with the top guy that I'm going to be going after, and that's Williams, the third, the Celtics rookie out of mm-hmm. Texas A&M. Okay. Um. Look, I think regardless, just because he's a Celtics rookie, he's going to be above fifty. Mm-hmm. Um. But what I'm hearing is that he's fitting very well. Now, where he gets the minutes is a different question because this team is stacked. Yeah, that's a thing. Okay. Robert Williams, third, no doubt. Pick number 27. 
Um, the guy that I think stands out to me in that next group is probably, probably Troy Brown. Interesting. Pick seventeen out of Oregon, playing with uh, with the Wizards. Uh, great preseason. He's, he he's going to have the opportunity. He's yeah. going to get minutes. Yeah, that's the big thing, and that's probably the smartest way to look at this. I'm looking at it a little bit differently in that um, they're just names that jump off the page to me, right. and just going kind of with a gut reaction. Sure, Williams is not going to get the minutes, so I think he can drop out of this pretty quickly. Um, but to go with number three here, I'm going to go Mo Wagner. Mm, okay. He's got a following out of Germany. He's got a following out of Michigan, and he's a Laker. Um, another guy following up with Williams that may struggle to find minutes, but uh, yep, I think he proved pretty, 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 you know, significantly that he's got the chops. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't see him play much at all, actually. He didn't play in the summer league. Uh, I don't know if it was because of injury or what. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, I'll throw out Mo Wagner for you. Yeah, well, he was hurt for a bit uh, in the preseason. I actually don't even think he played much at all during the preseason. He didn't play the last four or five games for sure. Um, I don't think that changes the fact that he still goes for above 50 as a Laker rookie. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with all. Um, next guy on my list would be, I'd probably go with either great. I'd go with Grayson Allen. Yeah. Yeah. I would just Duke guy. Utah is going to get minutes. He's a polarizing guy. He's kind of, he just going to, he's just inherently going to have some value and his, his contender stuff. When I, I had a lot of it to deal with, they, uh, there was, there was a lot of action around his cards. So, I mean, look, despite his history and, you know, kind of shady actions in college. He's still a Duke guy with a Duke following mm-hmm. going to a team where they're the only game in town and they're doing well with Mitchell. He, he's, I agree. He was on my list. Yep. Uh, I'm not going really in any order. Uh, it sounds like you are, but uh, I'm just going to pick a name that hasn't been spoken of yet. And See, that's Go just ahead, real sorry. quick, just real quick. He his for the preseason, for those that didn't know, Grayson Allen averaged ten points a game. Oh wow. He had a three games he had a fourteen point game, a sixteen point game, and a nineteen point game. Wow. Um Do you know if is is it mostly threes? Uh two for four, four for six, five for nine. Yeah, he, I mean he's consistently hitting threes, shooting 40, yeah. 50 to sixty percent. The reason uh, I ask is because obviously we know he has a three-point shot, and we also know that Donovan Mitchell can drive and yep. pull attention from the defense and collapse the defense pretty pretty good. Right. And, yeah, the, that con- that kick-out combination of Mitchell driving and kicking out to Grayson could, could, be, so could, be, le- could be lethal. Yeah. yeah. Okay, next um, guy. Dante DiVincenzo. Mm. I just love him. I think he captured the hearts of – a lot of people being the man mm-hmm. to put the Villanova team on his back and win the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, it obviously helped his draft stock, but he is going to a team where there's definitely going to be opportunity for him. Yep. Um, we both agree that Milwaukee has the potential to really have some impact in the East, especially because of Giannis, and Giannis definitely is an MVP candidate. 
but they have room on their roster for a rookie to come in and get significant minutes. They do. Average eight points during the preseason. Uh, just a gamer. Yeah. The guy's just, just a gamer. He's going to be – his head's going to be in every game. Another X-Factor type of guy. Yep. Yeah, I, I think it's interchangeable between him and Grayson Allen. Like, those two guys are just gamers. They're going to be – they're going to have a following of people. They're going to polarize folks. I, I, oh, I like it. I, I already early on grabbed a couple of his collegiate contenders autos because I like him. He, yep. he won. He won me over in that finals game. One hundred percent agree. All right, so my next guy. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and snag. I'm gonna go ahead and snag Zaire Smith. Even uh, though he's hurt. Even though he's and again, I, I Lonnie Walker and Zaire Smith to me are both those. The two guys to me that have probably the most upside because yeah. they're going to come in low and they're both just crazy talented. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so probably open somewhere between 25 and 40 for both of them, but could easily be 75, $80 guys, especially yeah, Lonnie Walker them. in the right system. I have four names on an asterisk list and that's one of them. Which one? Um, that I did not put into tears. No, Zaire Smith Zaire. and Lonnie yep. Walker are both on this asterisk list of guys that are hurt. Yep. And but 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 will still have hobby value. Yep. Um I'm not gonna mention Lonnie Walker, even though I just did. And my next guy is gonna be I, I our our regular listeners know I went to Vegas for the NBA Summer League. And this was the guy that, that stood out. Svi McCulloch. McKaylee, yep. shot the lights out, dude. Mm-hmm. Had a nice handle, and uh, is a Laker rookie. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Average seven points in the preseason. I-, I watched him almost weekly here in Kansas because he's a Kansas player. The guy is uber talented, six eight can shoot lights out i'm i'm with you yeah. i think he's a sleeper he's one of those guys where he was drafted uh i think he was early second round right uh mid second round and yeah you're right i mean he's he's in the right system yeah. <laughs> all it takes is four or five good games and that guy's gonna be on fire in the hobby yeah i mean it's we say because you're a lakers or a celtics and there's a few teams out there that if you're on that squad you're just gonna have value from the jump yeah. but uh, you know i i Say again, which I've said a handful of times already, and I sound like a broken record, but I don't know where he gets the minutes. Yeah, but that's out of the gate, well, you know, he's he's the Lakers have serious depth, even though that depth is all pretty much really young. But they're going to be in a position to make a significant trade if that's the direction they want to go. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Who's next? Uh, well, so just one thing about Makai Luke. That's oh, That's gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch all the eBay misspellings on his name. So if anyone's and pronunciations, and pronunciations, yeah, yeah. Svi Makai Luke, S V I, first name. Do you happen to know where he's Russian, right? Um, no, I think he's Ukrainian. Because the name Svi happens to be an Israeli name, and I wonder what – so he's Ukrainian, but I wonder like what his yeah. parents yeah. – where they're from, that kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. So my last guy because uh, I think we need to keep this list, some, list somewhat manageable. Uh, I'll go ahead and throw out 
I'll throw out a guy that I, th I think has a ton of upside because he's so young and there's a lot of just uncertainty around him, which makes it somewhat interesting. And that's Anthony Simons. Interesting. Yeah. Drafted out of IMG, no college experience, went to right. school basically. I, I think he has, I mean, he was selling really well. He's, there's a lot of excitement around him just because of the unknown factor um, with Portland. I don't know. Yeah. So since I get to go last, I will rattle off three quick names because they're okay. the last three names I have on my list. And we don't have to really discuss any of them because the one that I would say first we've already discussed, and that's Jalen Brunson. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we've already talked about him, so no need to repeat that. And then the last two, Holiday, I mean on, on uh, Pedigree alone with two brothers already in the NBA. Yep. And then Musa. Hmm. Um, I just – I think Musa has an opportunity, but I think also in terms of value, he has a built-in following. He's apparently really popular in Europe, mm -hmm. and on European sales alone, there's enough value there to justify putting him in that tier. That would be a fun guy to watch because he's young. I think he's, what, 18 or I think he's 19. Uh, yep. He's going to get time in Brooklyn. Yeah, I agree. Musa's yep. going to be really yep. fun. So yeah, I, I actually think Musa has the potential to be really fun and really jump up the ladder quickly um, because of opportunity mm -hmm. more than anything. Yeah. yeah. But that's uh, yeah, that's it. So there you go. Well, I, I'm sorry. There is one last name on my asterisk list that I have no idea about. But because his last name is Antetokounmpo, you got to put him on there. <laughs> he was uh, Mr. Irrelevant, right? Wasn't he the last pick of the second yeah. round? <laughs> yeah. Costas. The little brother of Giannis. Who knows? Does he have any of his brother's talent? If he has like 10% of it, he has the potential to <laughs> splash somewhere, right? Can he learn a jump shot faster than his brother? That's the yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. The thing about the jump shot with Giannis, though, is does he even have to? That's true. He can do whatever he wants right? in the rim. The guy in three strides can go three-quarters court and dunk it. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, that, that will be fun. Costas is playing in Dallas. Averaged four points a game during preseason. 20 years old. 6'10". Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up to watch that. <laughs> right? Yep. Exciting, man. No, I, I, I think we... Good, thorough analysis there for everyone listening. I mean... Even for myself, I made some mental notes, uh, actually uh, some actual physical notes for guys that I need to go and look up on eBay today. No doubt. Yeah. So if, if, I, if I'm take, – the takeaways for me personally are that there are there – a, there's a lot of guys near the top 10 that have potential to be legitimate stars in the NBA. That to me is defining for this class. The other thing is when you compare it to what was most people say – one of the best classes ever last year. If we break down the numbers with what we're expecting, I think they're somewhat reasonable. This is, in terms of value, near the top 15, two, two times as good, two and a half times as good. Where that actually falls, obviously we don't know, but this is legitimately a good value class, not just where players are, but their talent, the colleges they came from, the pedigree. I'm excited. Yeah. And I would even argue if even if you wanted to stand firm on 
17, 18 being a better draft class because we won't really be able to evaluate that until at, at, at the earliest, the all-star break, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, fine. But we can already argue that in terms of depth of value, which is kind of what you said, I just want to make the point even further, the depth of value, the number of guys that out of the gate you can pull and sell for a significant profit is it's just deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know how, so, so then the question is what's the percentages, how many have to ultimately perform to then make us look like we're the smart guys and that we were right about the 1819 class. Right. So I'm pretty confident more than anything. I think we, agree it's just so exciting that the nba has started and aside from my bold prediction with boston i'm going to make one more bold prediction kyrie has already announced that he's going full court press on getting anthony davis to come over as a free agent to the celtics (laughs) the next celtics dynasty starts now oh boy Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Can you imagine if we are in a situation where we've got a LeBron-led Lakers that are going to get better and a Celtics team that's already really good and potentially going to add a guy like Anthony Davis? Oh, that'd be so fun. That 80s rivalry is back. Yeah. Man. That would be really fun. I'm not overlooking the fact that the Warriors are still the best team and that we've got a handful of great teams out there that still make the league fun to watch all around. But that's that's what I grew up on. I think you did too. Those eighties yep. rivalries between the coasts, if you will. You add Anthony Davis to the Celtics, you cannot game argue over. that the Warriors are the best team anymore. No, it's, it's... Well, I mean, they still they they have to go out and win a championship. Yep. To go, you know, that far into the conversation, but uh, it sure makes it exciting. Yes, it does. Unless you are an absolute Celtics hater, which there are a fair number of those out there. Right, so, right. Uh, you know, I feel bad for you if you are. <laughs> uh, yeah. Man, this was a fun conversation. C- couple couple parting thoughts here for those that are that are looking at investing in prisms. So, Shanine and I have, have broken this down a lot of different ways, and you can go to check out the ladders and stuff like that, and you can see all the data. But if you are looking to collect your player, like this is what the statistics show. You should not buy on opening day. If you're right. cracking wax, you take your silvers, you keep them, obviously, uh, or you sell them and buy them back. Your best time, your window to buy your players is somewhere between January 1st and February 15th. That's where a lot of new releases come out. They water down the value of silvers, and then the players that are legit, they start to see a massive increase throughout the rest of the year. There's another factor that I think is part of why we see a dip in price for silvers at that time. I think you said the most important factors, which is it's later in the season. A bunch of other products have come out and watered down everything else. But I think that's just before the All-Star break, after the new year, is around the time when we start to see rookies hit that rookie wall Mm -hmm. and start to dip in value because their actual play is dipping. Yep. And uh, yeah, we've done, but, but I really give you more of the credit. You've done the analysis the most. And 
that's that's the time of year. So if if you haven't already, make a mental note, mark it on your calendar. Remind yourself, come January two, three, start yep. looking up eBay prison prices and jump on the guys that you've been wanting to do. Well, you won't have to look it up on eBay because we'll have a chart for you already on no, the site. No, no, no. I'm talking about actually buying. <laughs> right. not, not look up, not look up values. Jump right. on it, buy. Exactly. Well, so with that being said, if there are players that we mention in tier two, tier three, or even guys that you're chasing in tier two to tier four, buying out of the gate is actually a really good thing. Guys like the right. the uh, Josh Hart's of last year, the right. um. You know, some of the guys like uh, even Giles and Derek Whites, those guys made a lot. Jared Allen's made a lot of sense to buy last year on opening day. So there is some value in in search. If you were to just to listen to our breakdown in reverse. Yep. Buy those guys that we speak of first. There you go. Um, Yeah. Any any of the tier three guys that you think have high potential. Yep. So so last thought. And and I did something. This is going to be on the updated prison ladder that's releasing here in a few minutes. Um. I put a graded scale up there. A lot of people ask, hey, hey, what's what's the value if you do grade prism silvers? And, and, and grading affects different cards different ways. Um, so, and I'll just throw these stats out there for folks to, to understand. So a BGS 9.5 for a prism silver will add 76% to the value on average. That's huge. Yep. Yep. Wow. A, because they are a condition sensitive prism. Very true. Yeah, and BGS 9.5 is... So if you get a high grade on a prism, that's mm-hmm. a big deal. Exactly, yep. Uh, BGS 10 pristines, there's very, very few of them. Very few. But they anywhere from 400 to 600% increase. <laughs> oh, it's mind-blowing what a pristine will do to your prism. That, that's, it, again, there's a handful of them out there, so I wouldn't expect that. On the PSA side, a PSA 9, which is relatively easy to get, will add 6% to your card. So it's negligible. Um, right. It's not unless you know it's going to get a PSA ten. It's probably not even worth sending. It's probably worth just selling it. Uh, PSA tens will add a hundred and five percent to your card. So they'll double the value of your card, basically. I think part of what you just said was why grade was PSA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the question then becomes: Is it harder to get a BGS nine five or a PSA ten? Yeah. And uh, my personal preference would be probably send a BGS because even if you get a subgrade of uh, you know a nine on a couple of those, and maybe the corners and the surface are nine, you're still going to probably end up at a nine five um, with a decent card. PSA tens aren't exactly easy to get. Um, is it worth the extra thirty percent? You make the call. But when you could be shooting for a lottery ticket. In an extra four hundred to six hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously, you're looking at the card. You're you're not you're you're evaluating it on some level before sending it in. Right. Right. So there there's some reference points for you. Um, again, we're uh, hopefully that helps. If you have any questions, hit up Shanine and I. But I'm excited, man. Let's uh, let's keep let's keep talking about NBA. We'll factor jump it in. Jump on we... jump on the Breaker Culture Twitter feed. Tell us which rookie you're following. We'd like to hear. All right, man. Who, who are you chasing? Who are you chasing? Hashtag, who are you chasing? There you go. <laughs> Great right, conversation, Ty. You too. Great stuff. All right, man. Talk to you. Bye. See you. Bye.